the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As Election Day comes, what can pastors do about political division? And then surprising feedback at a school that bans smartphones. You're listening to The Common Good. Happy Monday, friends. Welcome to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Glad to have you with us on a Monday. Aubrey, I'm not even sure any of us know what time it is. I just looked up and saw the wrong time on a clock. I know, and, uh, it's, so it's crazy. Wild. I, I like all, you know, I reset all the clocks in the kitchen and then I got in my car the other day and I, you know, I hadn't done the car yet and I was like, oh wait, no, it's okay. It's okay, yeah, it always takes a minute to get all those clocks, especially if you don't have, you know, digital ones placed. So true. You gotta, you gotta get them all set again. I it's always the kitchen. I of like 30 states or, it might not be 30, but like a group of states that have now decided... We will no longer do daylight savings time. And I thought, oh, I hope this sweeps the nation. The time has come. I'm so confused. Like, I feel like I'm educated on a lot of things in my life. Yeah. Like, I feel confident in my ability to have conversations about many things. The What would happen if we got rid of daylight savings time is not one of them. I'm like, I prefer it to be lighter longer in the day. Yeah, right. I do. But right. uh, I don't I don't have a strong feeling, except for the confusion it makes on Sunday mornings for it pastors. It does but. make for confusion and just like sheer exhaustion for like a week and a half. Man, last night at like 530 and it was dark. I was like, oh, we're doing this again. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. How was the rest of your weekend? Everything fun? Yeah, it was fun. My sister came into town with her three children. She's got uh, two little four and five-year-old sons and then a new baby girl Whoa. so there was a lot of children at one point we went to a restaurant and somebody walked by and goes you know what this table needs more kids <laughs> 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 so much boy energy all weekend so i'm definitely recovering from that as well as the time change but we had a good time that's when you have that moment where you're like, I'm glad my kids are older they're getting yep, older absolutely so we can... i i felt glad for that for sure I had, I'll talk about this a little later, but uh, I had a heavy church, not heavy as in like, as in like sad, heavy as in a lot of church ah, this weekend, ah, gotcha. various activities and stuff where it's all wonderful. You're like, you, it's one of those where you walk out of the weekend going, I love my church and I need a break. Not even a vacation. I need like a, I need a day. I need a, mm -hmm. I need to go outside and rake the leaves or yeah. something. Like I need one of those <laughs> days. So uh, yeah, heavy in that sense. So we're glad that you're with us, Aubrey. Tomorrow, election day. Are election you ready? Day. Have you voted? I have voted, and you so did I'm ready. already. Yeah, look at me, overachiever, Aubrey, you, getting stuff done. You voted already. Interesting. Interesting. Yep. Uh, I, mean, I guess you haven't. I have not, and yeah. uh, you know now the new thing is many of our kids are off of school because the schools uh -huh. are election sites. Our church is actually an election site, which gets pretty Ooh, crazy down here. Exciting. Yeah. It is. There's some elected. This won't be tomorrow because it's, you know, there's a huge referendum in our town uh, that really affects the schools, but also with all the midterm elections. So it'll be a very packed, but there's some elections where it's like, 
I'm not, it's like Halloween at my house. I'm like, I've seen like four people come in. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. You know, my, my son is in a civics class at school right now, my seventh grader. And so he's been very invested in this election. And he's telling me about different candidates and what they stand for and what their platforms are. And I'm like, this is very helpful. Who should I vote for in this category? What about this category? <laughs> so my seventh grader did educate me on quite a bit. That's we'll see funny. how that turns out in the end. <laughs> yeah, my daughter, who is at college in Michigan, uh, gave us her form. She's like, can you get me like for wow. my Is this um, her first election? Yeah. So for the absentee cool. ballot. And uh-huh. then I brought it down to the county, you know, election board, whatever there on County Farm Road in Wheaton. And uh, she got it. And she was like, well, I was talking to her on the phone this weekend. And she was like, I was I was researching each of the races. I was like, what wow, <laughs> I, saying, in my mind i'm like i just go into the booth and i'm like "Ooh, this is fun to color in the circles <laughs> i recognize this name <laughs> i i just want to color in the circles now <laughs> so it is election season hey brian should we should we write each other in in some category it'd be awesome i'll like, write you and if you write me in Yes, now our new dog catcher is. <laughs> uh, but over at the Gospel Coalition, Aubrey, they asked this of pastors. But as I read it, I thought to myself, I feel like this is good advice for all Christians. Uh, you know, the Gospel Coalition tends to write towards pastors. Uh, the article says, what can pastors do about political division? So mm. election day tomorrow, I think we feel this, right? We feel this. Yeah culturally we feel this nationally but we all this we also feel this in our churches to some level um what can we do about political division so he patrick uh schneider i think his name is schreiner wrote this and uh, let me give you his four how do we okay. address because in it he says that uh, a recent lifeway survey indicated that 63% of pastors are frequently overwhelmed by stress and that they say one of the most consistent stressors in their life hmm. in their church is political division. Wow. So okay. I'm not sure that I feel that strongly yeah, that either. way, but it clearly is. So he says, how do we address this? Let me read to you the four and I'd like to know what you think about them. Number one, remind Christians of their first loyalty. We must remind Christians that our faith is political at its core. He says, uh, so we could be neither private nor partisan, but what he says is we must remind Christians uh, that we must, I'm sorry, we must remind people of their first loyalty to Jesus and the church. No lo- other loyalty comes first for Christians. So that's okay. number one. Number two, then he says, uh, but on the flip side a little bit, disciple people in the political realm. He says our people also need teaching related to politics his basic point here is don't be scared to talk about it because people are already being discipled in places Mm -hmm. like cable news talk radio other things so he says uh remind them who their king is right remind them of jesus but then disciple them in the political realm number three for pastors be a non-anxious presence we can lead congregants to be a non-anxious present in a Uh, presence in a turbulent sea of indignation and number four be clear where the bible is clear Hmm. church leaders need to be clear where the bible is clear and here's important part he says and silent where it's not political uh political interpretation of the bible is fraught with complications christians disagree with each other about politics because the bible can seem to give diverging 
impulses. So that's yeah. the four Patrick Schreiner put there to how to work this uh, difficult time. What did you think about his, uh, what, what he had to say there? Yeah, I like his, I like a couple things. I mean, it's all great. A couple things stood out to me. Disciple people in the political realm. I do think this is interesting because pastors avoid political discussions, conversations to the point where then they're not discipling or shepherding people in this. And at the end of the day, I think he's exactly right. If we're not discipling one another as Christians, somebody's going to, right? And right now, unfortunately, the world's way of discipling people in politics is all rage and all division and all just like exaggeration. That's right. And so I, I think that's a really good call to the pastor. Now, that doesn't mean you take a political candidate and put him up on your pulpit or you say, here's what I'm voting for. But it does mean to educate and to and to press into um, how how should the Christian think about politics? How right. should the Christian think about voting? I think that's really helpful. And this phrase, non-anxious presence, I'm seeing this more and more. Mark Dever wrote a book about it. And I do think this call in our culture right now, whether it's about voting or about uh, other controversial moments of the day, this non-anxious presence, I feel like, is the call for all Christians right now. Yeah. Can we be this in an anxious world? I mean, I think only with the help of the Holy Spirit, but I think that is a call. That's a clarion call right now. I think that's really good. Listen to the story he closes with. He says, a pastor's told me a story about how a congressman once asked uh, Pastor Mark Dever, who you just referenced, who pastors on Capitol Hill, how he should vote on a budgetary issue. Could you imagine being a pastor, having a congressman in your church be like, Pastor, how should I vote on this budgetary issue? (laughs) Dever told the pastor that he had strong opinions on the issue, but Mm. the Bible wasn't clear on the topic. So he simply said, I will pray for you because he wanted to reserve his pastoral authority for matters where the scriptures were clear. That's so wise. Wow. That's so classic, Mark Dever. So uh, I did like that phrase, be a non-anxious presence. A lot of anxiety. Wait till tomorrow night when uh, when oh, man. Uh, we st- the votes start coming in and people start going crazy. And uh, Christians, we have an opportunity, as you said, to be that non-anxious presence, but to also be involved and talk about these things mm-hmm. and help disciple people. Well, coming up next, a fascinating story I read recently about a boarding school in Massachusetts and something that they did and the kids really liked it. We're going to discuss oh. it next here on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Aubrey, I do. I would be remiss if I didn't say that uh, to wish a happy birthday to one of our most loyal listeners, my mother. It's her birthday oh, today. Oh, happy birthday, Brian's mom. That's amazing. There you go. I love your mom. She's so precious. It is her birthday today. So we went out over the weekend and that was fun. fun. So happy birthday, mom. Oh, I love that. All right, Aubrey, uh, I, I was reading this story. I found it. Uh, on Twitter, one of the good things of Twitter. By the way, did you see Twitter blowing up this week? Uh, apparently, Elon Musk is doing some things with it. Is he? No, I'm not on Twitter right now, and so I didn't see what's going on there. Oh, I. It's just he's he's a kind of really rich and comes. He's a little crazy, and so he just bought it. He fired all these people. He's he's complaining. He's like tweeting. Like it's just a weird place to wow. be at the moment. We'll see if it survives them. But anyway, I saw this article over on Twitter, uh, and it's this. A U.S. school, which this school was a boarding school in Williamstown, Massachusetts, 
they took this step. They banned smartphones on campus and they're oh, getting wow. interesting student feedback. It said this, when student, when smartphones got banned by teachers in the Buxton boarding school, there was a massive outcry. Students were not happy with the decision and they yelled and cried protesting it. Then the new rule was implemented and two months later, not everyone wants to go back to using a smartphone. Not only students, the boarding school's faculty also didn't use their phones. Now, Buxton School only has 57 students. It's a small boarding school. Okay. Uh, everyone, think about this. Everyone, including teachers, sit down to eat family-style meals at round tables and do chores uh, together. Wow. What a cool school. What a school. Wow. But the the smartphone problem, they said, had caught up. Students remained glued to their screens and mm. classes at meals in their rooms, basically cutting themselves off from the real world. The final straw was when a fight was live streamed from the school. So Dang. the top administrators and head of school decided that enough was enough and banned smartphones on the campus for the fall for wow. students as well as teachers. They allowed minimalistic, quote-unquote, light phones were handed out to everyone that has only limited capacity. Only You can only call and text on it. Okay. The monochrome phone doesn't allow social media, camera, or the internet. Wow. Most students who didn't expect things to take such a turn have taken mm. to liking to having such minimal phone use. So we'll go wow. into some more of this. Uh we read these stories all the time, right? Like it's like yeah. we we got rid of phones and people went nuts, right? These kids went crazy. And after two months, the teachers and the students are kind of like, man, this is oh, kind of nice. We actually kind of enjoy this. I yeah. sort of wish like someone would do this for me. Take away my smartphone for the rest of the year. Like who, uh, whoever, some authority over me, take it away. Some authority and, over me. And uh, and for I mean this for all adults. And we could just have like several months of not having a smartphone. I like I I was wrestling with something yesterday and I'm like, am I burnt out? No, that's not it. Am I depressed? No, that's not it. Am I and I really think I'm just overwhelmed because my stupid phone. You know what I mean? And it's it's not the phone itself, it's what the phone represents. Like I like that you call my stupid phone. <laughs> yeah, not my smartphone, my stupid phone. Constant contact, constant calendaring, constant this and that and that, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I do see how at first you would be up in arms if you're a student at this school, but how after a few weeks you might be like, oh, this is heaven. I love yeah. having a break from this. It is going back to what we talked about for the non-anxious presence. Like I do think, I mean, I, I don't think this, there's research that shows that our use of social media, our phones, et cetera, has increased our anxiety. And so, of course, it makes sense that just having a break from it would give your soul, your mind, your heart some room to pause and breathe a little bit. And I don't know. I think I might have to put myself in a self-imposed, like, I don't know, turn things off on my phone so that it's a dumb phone or a light phone, as they call it here, because it's a lot. It's a lot. So that brings up the obvious question here. So this school is a different type of school, right? Their kids are living on campus. Right. Uh, I Total aside, I'm always surprised that people send their kids to boarding schools. Like I had a hard enough time sending my kid to college. Like the boarding <laughs> school thing seems uh, weird to me, but that notwithstanding. It does uh, seem, to, it's definitely a choice. 
So there is some insulated community there. Like there are some different things, but we've done, you and I have done countless stories on this show of people going, I removed my phone or I was forced to remove my phone yeah. or I was in a place and I loved it. Right. Uh, I so walked that, away from social media and I loved it. Yes. That begs that begs an obvious question. You yourself just said, I wish an authority figure would come over me and make me get rid of my phone. His name There's, is Jesus. Just kidding. Here's the obvious question. There is absolutely zero stopping you from doing that, from being that authority right. figure in your over own life. my own life. What is it that stops us? Why can't we? Because I think we all believe our ties to our phones are not healthy. Yeah. Uh, whether it be social yeah. media, like, or you said, whether it could be you're laying in bed reading and you get a text and you're like, now my mind is working again or whatever. What stops us from either setting healthy boundaries around our phones or just getting rid of them for a season altogether? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's some of it's the dopamine kick you supposedly get from it, the addictive nature to it. I mean, I think let's not deny that that's a piece of it. We're all super addicted to our phones, but it's become an acceptable addiction like the coffee that I'm holding right now, you know, the yeah. iced tea you're holding right now. Um, and then I do think there's something like every once in a while, I'll kind of stop myself and almost have an out of body experience. And I'll be like, what am I doing right now? Why am I, why am I obsessively checking Instagram? Why am I hoping someone will text me? Oh, you know what it is? <laughs> I'm wanting so I like me, like me, approve of me, approve mm. of me. Like my identity is wrapped up in this thing. And I'll kind of stop and I'll be like, Lord, I'm so sorry. I've turned this. I mean, it's become an idol. Like I have yeah. turned this dumb device into the thing that can control my my identity, my mood, my, and I mean that a little bit exaggeratively, but, but at the same time, I don't, do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I, yeah. I'm self-aware enough to be like, okay, step away, go for a walk, put the phone away. And yet the fact that we're even having to have that conversation with ourselves over this dumb little, you know, six inch thing in our hands is pretty wild. Like it's, it's a, I don't know. It's certainly something to think about. Even this morning, Brian, I, I, I've kind of gotten out of my habit of my, I love my morning routine, my, my solitude, my silence, my quiet time with Jesus, reading the Bible or just listening or journaling. And I've right. gotten out of it because you know why I've gotten my phone and started doing stuff. Hmm. And this morning I was like, all right, God, I'm so sorry. I got to start over. And I just put my phone away and, um, you know, had some time with Jesus. And I'm just going to have to get back to that. Like being intentional I think, about those boundaries. Yeah, I, I do. I just think we have to be really honest out there, uh, myself included, but people listening about the pull our phones have on us. Like I, I, I'm, oh, I've become really worried in my own life, but also in the life of my children to look mm -hmm. at any time, yeah. any time yeah. there's downtime, what are we doing? Myself included, but also my kids, what are they doing when they have a down moment? Uh, their down moments are getting filled if we're not careful with looking at Instagram, Snapchat, whatever else it might be. And they're building those for the rest of their life now uh, and how it's going to be there. I do think we have to build in moments of just, hey, guys, for the next hour, no one's on their phone and we're just going to go for a walk. We're going to yes. go play. Yes. We're going to play a board game. We're going to do whatever else. Uh, it'll be interesting to see at this school because this school has made it very clear that this is a temporary thing. Right. It'll be, it'll I be would love to see if they bring it back or not. Well, I think they're going to bring it back. I would like to see how they 
if they think their school is for the better or the worse afterwards. Mm, like see. if they get to the end of the year, let's pretend Christmas break is the line of demarcation where they come okay. back from Christmas break and you can do it. At the end of the school year, I wonder if students and teachers will go, you know what? We enjoyed fall more than we enjoyed the spring. And here's why. I don't know. I think for some of us, we, like Aubrey was just saying, we got to take better control yeah. uh, of what we're doing. With right. that in mind, Aubrey, I had a, an epiphany this weekend about what actually, at least in my life, what actually causes stress and anxiety. And I, and I wonder... I wonder if it's true for most people. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to describe it to you and you're going to tell me whether you think I'm right. Going to do that next year on the common good AM 1160. Hope for your life. Uh, We've gotten into some rhythms over the last two years. Mm -hmm. Top five lists on Fridays, uh, which by the way, our last top five list was my favorite one we've ever done. Top five, um, (laughs) top five Bible characters you would not want to hang out with. (laughs) That was a pretty good one. That was a pretty, pretty entertaining one, at least for us. That's right. Uh, we did top five list. I've started sharing stories with you that I think are going to gross you out. A little grinds my gears later in the week. We've got, we've got some things. But one of the things I've begun do- doing for you recently is just quizzing you. So we've done. You have been quizzing me a lot lately, which I feel like I've done really well, but I'm always you, nervous. I'm not going to. You, to your credit, have done exceptionally well on these. Thank like you. Almost, Thank almost you. annoyingly well Thank on these you. things. And Thank so you. it ends up being quizzes like, uh, is this a Bible verse, a Lamentations right. or a Taylor Swift lyric right. or those types of things. Today's is going to be much more straightforward. This one is called Real or Fake. Okay? Ooh, it's called Real okay. or Fake Okay. Uh, Bible Verse Edition. So I'm going to read you a statement, and gotcha. you have to decide, is that a real Bible verse or a fake one? Oh, man. Okay. okay. This is, makes me and nervous. I will okay. warn you as well. I believe this one is out of the new king james version they always pick the hardest version all right i'm right i would think the message would be the hardest but maybe uh, you're right maybe you're right new king james is right up there so are you ready Uh, i'm ready let's go let's go okay anytime i open these things they've got all sorts of things all over them but here we go amazing (laughs) grace. this is the first one it's going to be easy uh amazing grace how sweet the sound (laughs) That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. What would you say? That is not a Bible verse, but a lovely song lyric. Okay. I might have picked an easy one for you. I hope this gets harder. Okay. Yes, correct. I don't. I don't because I want to get 100. All right. This one is also easy, but then I think it might turn a little bit. I think it might get a little bit harder. Okay. Uh, Number two, Jesus wept. Yes, that is a Bible verse. Uh, that is correct. John chapter 11, verse 35. Okay. Number three. Let him kiss me with kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Yes, that is Song of Solomon. That is correct. Song of Solomon, chapter one, verse two. It's what, it's what I read to Kevin every night. <laughs> <laughs> And we're going to break. No, here we go. <laughs> Number four, God will never give you more than you can handle on your own. No, that is not a Bible verse. Correct. That no, is not a Bible though verse. Though people often quote it as if it's a Bible verse. That is, that, that's why they thought they might get you on that yeah. one. Number yeah. five, no one was with us in the house except the two of us in the house. 
No one was. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. That's a Bible verse. It's so obscure. It's got to be a Bible verse. This is the first one I would have gone against you. I, I would guess no. But uh, so you're saying yes. Yes. Real. I'm saying yes. Correct. First Kings <laughs> chapter four, verse 18. Hey! How do we know that you're on a hot streak? Is that okay? <laughs> Uh, number five, six, cleanliness is next to godliness. No, that is not a Bible verse, but again, often, often that is... quoted as if it was. Okay. God helps those who help themselves. Also not a Bible verse, but often quoted as a Bible verse. Correct. Okay. And you bad shall... theology. <laughs> <laughs> you shall rise before the gray headed. Yes, that is a Bible verse. I love the phrase gray headed. You said yes. That yes. is correct. Leviticus chapter 19. I will rise before the gray headed. I quote that all the time, every morning. The food he ate made him very ill and he died later. <laughs> yes, that is definitely a Bible verse. Incorrect. The first oh, one you got wrong. Oh, oh. Man, I thought for sure that was okay. Here we go. What's Next it from? one. Does it say what it's from? It doesn't no? say what it's oh, okay. from. Okay. It doesn't say what it's from. Okay. Uh, okay. Here we go. Next one. Uh, Alexander the coppersmith has done me much harm. May the Lord repay him for what he has done. Oh man, I feel like coppersmith. Alexander, I'm going to go. No, not a Bible verse. You go with no, not a Bible verse. Hold on. Incorrect. Yeah. Second That's Timothy chapter Second Timothy chapter four, verse fourteen. I never knew the words Alexander or Coppersmith were in the Bible. There we go. Okay, here we go. Uh, uh this one is very simple. Oh it just okay. says, You are the man. Exclamation. You are the point. man? Okay, so that feels tr like a trick one. So I, oh yes, yes, that is in the. I Bible. think you're right. I think yes. that is. I think that's gospel. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Uh, we are correct, and then not correct. It is Second Samuel oh. chapter twelve, verse seventeen. Oh, we were not correct at all. All right, I'm not sure how many we've done, so we're going to do two more. Here we go. Okay, I like it. Uh, judge not, for only God can judge you. Oh man, that one's tricky because the scripture is like. Judge not or you will be judged. But it's New King say, James. So maybe it's that. Okay, I'm going to say yes. That's not exactly how I would word it, though. It is incorrect. That is not a Bible yeah. verse, but it feels okay. really good. That feels yeah, Bible I, verse tangent. Yeah, I, 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 get, I get that that's not one. I get, I get it. All right, last Judge one. Are you, you ready? Who will be judged is the scripture. Yeah. We're going to, we are going to, this is for all the marbles right here. <gasps> This is oh good no this is that's too much pressure this for is. me okay okay You're, right, this is for you to win our fake game for fake prizes <laughs> which you here know I go. desperately need to win the fake game for fake <laughs> prizes so okay it's all riding on this moment right here and I have to say I do not know the answer to this question oh no oh no okay your hair is like a flock of goats yes that is in the Bible that is also Song of Solomon really. Yes. Your hair is like a flock of goats? Yes. Very romantic right. back in the day. You're going with real. 
Song of Solomon, chapter four, verse one. You also read that to Kevin as he falls asleep in the evening. (laughs) Baby, baby. your hair is like a flock of goats, baby. (laughs) I would like, uh, uh, I would like everybody to try that one on their spouse today. Just be like, how was your day? Do you know what? As I think, as I think about my love for you, it reminds me that your hair, your hair. Is like a flock of goats. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about your goat-like hair, your flock of goat-like hair all day, all day, babe. Like the Song of Solomon does does have some uh, does have some language that carries through the generations, right? But I'm not sure. We might have this... lost it. Might have lost its uh, its uh, contextualization at that one. <laughs> like, you and I, you and I have been married since we were separately to Children. different people, but we've been yes. married for a long time. So we've yes. never been online dating profiles, <laughs> right? but I, I would challenge somebody out there who has an online dating profile to write in their description, looking for oh, I love a this. woman yes. with whose hair yes. is like yes. a flock of goats. I, I feel like that is solid dating advice right there. Put that on. All right. So sure. again, you did well. You won our Thank imaginary you. prizes. Coming up Good. next hour, Aubrey, we're going to ask a question that many of us are feeling Are you sleep deprived? We're going to discuss that next here on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Brian, tomorrow is a big day. Election day. Election day is tomorrow. We've already talked about how I have voted. You have yet to vote, but I'm guessing you will sometime. Um, I'm planning to do so probably tomorrow. You better be a good citizen, Brian. I better be. uh, Do you think, this is a question, do you think it is okay to cram before election day, yes. like do, like get all the research done that you need to just now and then make a vote. Sure. I mean, I think we all kind of know who we're voting for or we kind yeah. of know what people yeah. stand for, partially because that's all that's on uh, right. on our tel- – literally, Aubrey, I was watching football yesterday and there was not one commercial in the entire – Bears game, the part that I was watching, which was most of the game, that was not a political ad. A hundred percent. But yeah, I certainly think that you could go ahead and cram. Sure. Well, just the same yeah. way we used to cram for tests back in the day. Right. Why, why wouldn't you really? Well, this question has come up over at Christianity Today by a writer um, whose name is Bonnie Christian. And here's here. Let me like set up for you with her words why she's asking this question. OK, so she says in an earlier Internet age, I remember hoping that the Internet would make us so well informed because we could keep tabs on every happening around the world Mm. and the mere act of being aware of newsy content it seemed like a virtue where we were raising awareness we were becoming better citizens uh supposedly but then she says or that didn't happen and this is a quote (laughs) from her she says that simple optimism is impossible to summon now and though being politically well informed is a good thing the the prospect can sound more exhausting than enticing. Now we know that consuming political media can distort our perception of our political opponents, that airing our opinions online makes it harder to admit when we're wrong, and that on platforms like TikTok and Twitter, falsehoods diffuses significantly farther, faster, deeper, and more broadly than the truth. So she goes on to say, the knowledge of the good and evil of our media landscape has left many torn, I think, between competing impulses and uneasiness with the habits of being involved politically and a sense that it's a civic duty. So here's what she says. 
She says, before the midterms, I suggest another way. Cram before you vote. (laughs) She says, we don't have to stay at election day levels of political competence all the time. Study up this weekend, do the research and vote. Basically, what she's saying is don't spend the past several months. uh, You know, this is kind of like looking back paying attention to all of the social media ads and gathering everyone else's opinion. Wait until the last minute and then do some research and then vote so that you aren't swayed by culture and social media and false information and that kind of thing. She says even spend minutes or hours before you vote quickly searching what people are, you know, standing for online. So it's sort of a, it's an interesting call, kind of a, short-term political engagement rather than being engaged throughout the entire political season, especially when there's so much, quote, fake news in the world. What do you think about that? Is that wisdom or not? I don't know that it's wisdom, but it's how I got through college, right? (laughs) Like, just (laughs) quickly cram. But, you know, in an ideal world, you'd be doing, you'd be paying attention in the long term, but then at the, before you go vote, be like, let me remind myself, what does this person believe about this? What does this person believe about this? I think, Aubrey, it doesn't matter necessarily how you do it. I think what we want to encourage people to do is to vote. Like there have been people – there have been people who have given their lives for the ability to vote and for the freedoms that we, quite frankly, take for granted. So make sure that you vote, whether you've crammed it, whether you feel like you know what you're doing, whether you're going in and just filling in all the R's or all the D's because that's who you vote for. Right. Each of you have your own way of doing it. But uh, here's a question. So you voted already. Do you still get like a pride when you vote? Do you still vote and go like, like, you know, hum the national anthem on your way out or God bless America? How do you feel? You know, I I wouldn't have thought about that, except there was, you know, I told you I had family in town over the weekend and there was definitely a pride when I could say to them, oh, I've already voted. Like, (laughs) so yes, I guess I do more than I probably would have realized that there is a sense of uh, like I've done my civic duty and I'm proud of myself for that. Yeah, I, I think feel we that? should feel. Yeah, and I think we should feel that way. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of times we get into conversations, rightfully so, on this show and other places about Christian nationalism or the melding together of politics and our uh, and our faith. And people hear us on this show talk about you already have a savior, you have a Lord, and right that could be interpreted from us as going. So therefore, don't care about your country, mm. don't vote, mm. don't love your country. Like we're anti-America, and that's the furthest thing from the truth right like right i love america i love living here uh this is where you know we yes. want to be and i Absolutely. love voting i love the process we just want people to be careful about where do you put your hope what is yeah. your ultimate uh target here but that by no means means don't vote or don't absolutely or don't go to the fourth of july parade or don't right the flag do it all but just have your proper perspective that's good brian so this is an older article from 2016 so we know what election was at that time this is from the gospel coalition joe carter how should christians decide to vote and i think it's a timely even for tomorrow he talks about a christian standard for voting christians must vote for what they justifiably believe will promote mm-hmm. the common good. Boom. Or otherwise, they may abstain. He's actually quoting Jason Brennan there. And uh, he says that here's a strategy. 
He calls it a no qualms strategy. Okay, listen to this. Here's the strategy. You vote for the candidate for which you have no qualms about, the candidate you think is most likely to implement policies that will either promote or at least not harm the common good. And then he evaluates it. He says, this is the most common type of voting strategy. We often resort to this approach approach when we believe, one, a candidate has outlined a clear approach to promoting the common good with which we agree, or two, the candidate has the character necessary to promote and not harm the common good. Three, the candidate is not otherwise unfit or unqualified for the office. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a strategy Christians can take, he's saying. That one's a little tricky because I feel like, at least for me in this day and age, I don't know if there's a candidate I have no qualms Mm -hmm. about at all, right? Then he says, otherwise, there's the no vote strategy, don't vote, which we don't think is good either. And then he says there's the least bad option strategy or the third party strategy. You might vote for an independent uh party, or you might vote along different lines than how you're registered. So if you're registered R, you might vote D. If you're registered D, you might vote R. What do you think about all of these strategies? I I don't know. I feel like none of these are fantastic unless we had like that right candidate. Yeah, you would like to think that you're voting for people that you're excited about. Right. Yes, I can't wait to get by. Uh But so often that doesn't happen. I understand the no voting strategy at times. I've I've employed it myself, so I don't want to be hypocritical. Yeah. In like not not voting at all, but there have been times mm-hmm. I've gone in and I have voted for eight of the nine things, but not um, – uh, yeah, I'll just share it right here. That's how I've treated the last two presidential elections. Oh, wow. I have, okay. I have voted all the other stuff, but I said yeah. – I don't feel comfortable voting for either of these people, so yeah. I'm not going to. So people might mm. have problems with that, but that's how I've done it. Yeah. Um, I, I think that all these strategies are fine. I think be educated and yes. you before God and with your conscience go, this is the reason I vote for people. You know, it could be, you know, abortion could be your top issue. The economy could be your top issue, you know, um, whatever. There could be immigration, it could be a million things. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we all have our reasons. But do your homework and then go in and do what your conscience, uh, I think, leads you to do. Yeah, that's good. Let's go back to where we started. Cram today, get Cram. all the information you can, and then be sure to exercise your right to vote tomorrow. Okay, Brian, coming up next, we're going to kind of take a hard right turn. I want to talk about everything that's going on with Kanye. I want to have a conversation about it in light of the fact that he has had very public Christian faith. We'll do that when we return. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Here's what I love about The Common Good. We cover all kinds of grounds. We've talked about the election today. We've talked about the Bible. We've talked about smartphones. And then we like to dive into pulp pop culture every once mm-hmm. in a while and no uh more prolific name ubiquitous name in pop culture at least over the past few weeks than Kanye well yay the musician and mogul <laughs> yes. formerly known as Kanye West uh Brian have you been keeping up with all the Kanye news kind of this is what makes me uncomfortable is that you know, he's saying apparently terribly anti-Semitic things and right. other things that are just – but yet he still gets amplified and he still gets this. I, We're going to dive into this. I was of the bent before when he – when all these Christians were trying to amplify Kanye because he was doing Christian songs and stuff. I was yes. like, time out. We cannot yeah. be doing this. And so I have followed it but, You know, between him and Kyrie Irving and stuff and you're like, why are the people saying just completely – 
off base things being amplified, but that, that is what we do as a culture. Right. So that's actually what I want to talk about. He did, he did make some anti-Semitic statements. It's it, although I don't know if it's ever been confirmed, it has been said by multiple people that he, he's got some uh, mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And so some of it is you're kind of like, is this the true Kanye? Is this mental illness? Like, how do we wrap our minds around that? He lost uh, his partnership with Adidas, with Balenciaga, with, so he lost, somebody told me that he's lost, like um, he's gone from being a billionaire to like almost having nothing in the past few weeks because of these comments. And I do think, Brian, you brought up what I want to talk about and it is that he came out with his album uh was it called sunday or sunday services sunday services i think yeah um just just a year ago maybe and i mean including us we would play it in the background at our church kevin and i both listened to it lots of people on social media commending him for this christian album like finally christians have a really good artist to listen to and look <laughs> it's a great album it really is and he did these beautiful sunday services and kind of not really a church but kind of using the concept of church to promote his album he was meeting on sunday mornings almost like a church service um and has been, I mean, you know, Kanye, I think, first came to popularity when you and I were in college. He's been a person of faith always. So that wasn't new. But just being such a public person of faith, I think, was shocking to a lot of people. And so a lot of Christians got behind him and supported him. I did. But you said you didn't. You said you were always like, well, slow down. Let's let's wait a minute. I had other friends who were saying that, too. Like, has he been discipled? Is he okay? Why are all Christians jumping on the bandwagon here? And I do think there's a conversation to be had about the way Christians kind of jump on the bandwagon of celebrities when they say they're Christian. Like, one, why do we do that? And what's the lesson, if there is a lesson in that? Yeah. You know, I remember when he came out with those Sunday services. And I, again, I'm probably not. Uh, Kanye West's target demographic, right? Like I wasn't listening to his music before, um, but I just remember reading stuff where, you know, the Bible talks about what's the fruit of life. Like there was, there were clear, I I think we have to be careful with Kanye West is there appears to be clear mental health issues. Right, right. So it's not fair to almost Just because Jesus language came into it didn't necessarily mean now we should – we should have still celebrated. Like I wasn't being like question his faith. It's what you brought up. We have this weird thing in the church world, uh, in the Christian world, where not only do we like – celebritize that's probably the wrong mm-hmm. word pastors like certain big pastors mm-hmm. but anytime a pop culture person proclaims i'm a christian yeah. they all of a sudden are like written about everywhere and talked about everywhere like i think to a good i actually don't know this person's background but i think kind of especially like the marvel movies and stuff right you chris chris pratt right like they yeah. often yeah. he's a christian and and people yeah. are always trying to push him and he might be but we have to be careful. Um, we, it, let's take Kanye West. If we, as the church, are just platforming him, you know, two years ago, and now trying to disassociate ourselves from him, I do think that it causes people who already have a skeptical eye towards the church to be like, "Well, wait a minute, you were celebrating him. What's going on here? What's right, the point? Like, right, right. Let's celebrate the old." 
I know it's really boring, but let's celebrate the people who have produced fruit over the years and go be yeah. like that person. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we live. I've talked to you many times on the show. I'm a People Magazine person. I love reading People Magazine. Right. And maybe right. that's all this is. Maybe it's the TMZ People Magazine world that we live maybe in. Maybe so. But I think it is sets the church up for black eye when we go – Oh, no, the model Christian that we want to celebrate right now is Kanye West. And then two years later, there seems to be mental illness and anti-Semitism and this and that. We're like, right, well, right. Maybe not. I just uh, we do that, though. We do that with, I, you know, I do think there's some like, you know, we could look at sort of the history of how this has happened in Christendom. Like, I know there have been some movements, especially in evangelical circles, like a like Billy Graham crusade to find celebrities with a lot of influence bring them to Jesus and have them be sort of like representatives yeah. of the movement as a, as like an evangelism strategy. We actually see, I mean, on the other hand, this is maybe not a fair comparison, but we also see it in Scientology. Like that's one of yes. their big moves is to get celebrities in and then they help promote the message of Scientology. So, so there, this has been a thing where, like you said, we do sort of use celebrity influence mm -hmm. platform, et cetera as a way to promote the gospel, but then it does blow up in our faces when we find that those celebrities haven't been yes. rooted or grounded. And so again, I don't know that there's anything wrong with being excited that Chris Pratt's a Christian or Kanye no. is a Christian. It is something though, about the level that we, the level of power or influence that we give them without seeing, um, like you said, just a, Again, the long obedience in the same direction. Like, who are the people who have faithfully followed Jesus for a very long time in community, faithfully at church, that we actually know in real life? And we don't need to make anybody a celebrity, yep. but maybe those are the ones we could look to as a model. You know what so, I think about when I hear these stories? Oh, go, go ahead. ahead, Brian, and then I'll No, I'll I was just going to share a story. It's a couple of years ago. This was more than a couple of years ago. But I remember listening to a podcast um, I'll say the church. So life church, Craig Grishel, huge, uh -huh. huge, huge church in Oklahoma. Yeah. He, I remember he took a Sunday and did a sit down interview, like in front of the church uh -huh. of a very, very famous basketball player. I was there that Sunday, by the way, because my parents lived there and I, we went and visited KD you're talking about. I am. Yeah. And I yeah. remember listening to it. I listened to it like, oh, I'll listen to it online or whatever. And, oh, you were there. That's hilarious. I yeah. remember thinking to myself in the moment, this feels risky. And like, yeah, this yeah. feels like the most famous basketball player in the time at, in Oklahoma has come mm -hmm. to faith. We're going to get him into our church and we're going to do this. Yep. I don't know Kevin Durant, Katie, at all, right. obviously. But let's just say it did not take long after that for his life to stop showing the fruits yeah, yeah. of faith. I don't want – maybe he's still – I don't know. I'm yeah. just talking from a distance and fruit. And now you're going – Wait, but why did we put him on the church stage? Mm -hmm. The only answer is we put him on the church stage because he's, he's famous. a famous basketball player who said, I've been yeah. coming to your church every now and then. And yeah. Um, and it becomes a black eye. And you're like, why do we do stuff? That is yeah. hilarious that you were there for that. <laughs> I know. It's wild. That I'm like, I know what he's about to bring up. Yeah, it's I, stuck I'll, in my mind, though, yeah. so much because I remember in the moment listening to it going, this feels really opportunistic and really weird. Yeah. Mark Driscoll 
in Seattle at the time did the exact same thing with multiple members of the Seattle Seahawks. Mm. He brought in this football team, the ones mm. who claimed to be Christians and put them up on the stage and yeah. did this big event and this. And you're like, what? You don't even know these people. Like what's right. going? It's just a weird thing that we do, but probably it just mirrors what our culture does. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly think it's something, something for us to think about the way we sort of quote, use celebrity to bolster our own faith or even like relevance of our faith perhaps. And, uh, you know, maybe it's time not to have to do that anymore. Learn yeah. some lessons from it. Well, coming up next, Brian, I'm going to give you a quiz. Okay. A Bible quiz, though. Really, I want to know if you are <laughs> sleep deprived. We're going to talk about sleep and rest when we return. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. It's the end of the show, and especially on Monday after a time change, tomorrow the kids are off, it's election day. We just want to make you laugh. We want to put a smile on your face and give you something hilarious to think about. One of the places we've been going to find some funny things to chat about is BuzzFeed, and over mm -hmm. there they're sharing... Things that people like less and less as they get older. We just had a conversation about sleep is getting harder when we get older. I don't think we like it less and less. It's just harder. But I do think uh, one thing that came up from our last conversation, I would say evening meetings I'm liking less and less. Even just like people who want to hang out with me at night that are my friends. I'm like, mm, I, so I don't think I want to hang agree. out with you. <laughs> and I used, old. I mean, I'm old. Obviously, we're different from when we were in college. But college right. me was like... Let's go out. Let's go out. Let's do things. Let's right. do things. Let's and party. then even Ugh. early marriage me was like, let's go out. Let's go. Now it's uh -huh. like, can we for the love stay in? Can we just Please. be here? Just rest <laughs> and just, I know that definitely makes us old. Okay. Brian, open this up with me and we'll go back and forth sharing some things. But here's the first one. One thing that now that I'm getting older, I don't enjoy as much. Number one, social media. I already pared it down to Reddit, this user says, and Instagram. But honestly, I could do without Instagram, too. I think that's true. We're all feeling some social media burnout for sure. Do you use Reddit? I've never used no. Reddit. I never use Reddit, but I found recently that my kids use Reddit. So I don't, oh. I don't totally – I need to learn some more about Reddit so I'm not blindsided yep. by what they're consuming there. That is true. Okay, number two, lack of leisure time. This is exactly what we were just talking about. Mm. When I was younger, it wasn't a big deal to go from work to the gym to home to right back out a half an hour later uh, to see a movie or something. Now it's like, I don't want to go to the gym, not even for a half hour, and I just want to be home for the night. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's exactly so what we were true. talking about. Yes, that's so true. Okay, this one is funny, except that I still do this like if I'm at amusement parks. Okay, so I, Disney okay. will be the exception for me, but otherwise it's true anything with a lot of hype that requires me to stand in a line so mm. you know think about like a new ride at disney or the movie that's coming out or the concert you're trying to get tickets for or like the new shoe or iphone that's coming out people will like sleep overnight for that that's something you might have done when you were young but now you're like forget this i don't have time yep. for this i don't want to stand in a line for something anything that's described as overnight that's it no not gonna do it i yeah, don't want to go out. i'm out oh. yep <laughs> <laughs> uh, number four, going to the grocery store. I gotta, I gotta say, I kind of like the grocery store. Oh, you do? Yeah, my wife hates it. She still is like ordering yeah, online, like getting stuff too. delivered, which apparently yes. is the same price. So I don't know why we wouldn't. But I kind of like, right? I kind of like 
you know, my wife gives me a list. I put some, I put a podcast in, walk around Jewel. I kind of like it. I, gotta be honest. I mean, there is something nice about like the quiet time of getting that done. It can be sort of introverty time. I am still ordering groceries too. Cause I, again, I just don't really want to go. And with three boys, I feel like I could go all the time and it does cost the same, except you have a you pay an annual fee and you tip. So you do end up you do end up kind of twenty dollaring yourself to death there. But anyway, okay. Yes. Here's another one. The way the internet is in twenty twenty two. Ads, subscriptions, paywalls, unhelpful sites with more pictures than words, streaming service content split up between around two hundred platforms. Most of the good content is exclusive to one and never available elsewhere. That's so true. true. The internet used to be this wonderful, exciting thing like, check the internet, we'll find that out. And now it's like, <laughs> come on. It's true. I kind of just miss like a magazine and a newspaper where I got my information. It's true. Okay, this next one, uh, and I'll use their examples, and then I'll okay. use the Christian examples, the church okay. examples. <laughs> Um, on, on BuzzFeed here, they said loud places like bars and parties and stuff like that. Mm. I totally get this loud yes. places. Do you know what I can't do well anymore? What's loud, that? energetic, like church service slash conferences. <laughs> I don't do them well anymore. You're like done. They used You're to be- over it. It's it's really true. I, I'm becoming that curmudgeon who's like, oh, it's too loud in the sanctuary or why? <laughs> why are those lights like that? Or, and then the conference is like 10 times that and you're just like enough already. Put the speaker yeah. up. Let me hear them. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe lead me in a couple songs that we all know. But no, the. I, and I used to enjoy that stuff. I do not anymore. You like a little more quiet, contemplative lifestyle now. Okay, I think here's if you another just one. started it quiet, it could be like Hillsong as long as it's quiet. As long as it's quiet. <laughs> like, give me acoustic. I don't want all this blaring yes. stuff. All right, here's another one. This one is so true. How fast time is slipping away from me rather than how mm. slow it used to be when I was a kid. Isn't it that wild how relative time is? Like, I remember just recently talking to my my son, who's a sophomore, saying, man, only two more years. It's going to go so fast. And he's like, but it's two years, mom. Yep, yep. Like Two years to him feels like so long from now. And he has no idea how short two years actually is, how quickly it'll go by. It's the old saying, right? The uh, the days are slow, but the years are fast. Uh, <laughs> there so, they go. So true. And I think those pick up speed. Uh, let me skip one because the next okay. one they had was shopping, which I think uh, same kind of, like we discussed already. Yep. But I love this one. Number nine, driving. I used mm. to drive to do fun stuff like pick up friends and go places or just cruise around and enjoy the air. Now <laughs> I drive to work and I would add to this. Now I just drive my kids everywhere. <laughs> and this person said, even though my car is a million times more fun to drive, I'm perpetually annoyed. Oh, I that's so totally funny. get that. Do you really see? I love driving, but especially by myself, like driving feels like a freedom still i still feel like i'm 16 and like i can get in the car and yeah. go wherever i want so, so karen i have made some funny. life choices where nothing is that close to our house so i think it's the oh, frequency right. of driving whether it's the radio station or where my kids going to school now or the church is still a 10 minute drive from us everything like 
Yeah, like if I could just drive down the coast and enjoy the beach, I'd be all for that. But yeah, yeah. Some, there are some days I'm like, am I seriously getting back in the car right now? Oh, Come on. yeah, that is over. That would be overwhelming. That's true. Okay, let's share a couple more. Uh, number 10, this one I think we can all relate to. Feeling like I've done all the right things, but the goalposts keep moving farther out. Like <laughs> I keep getting higher paying jobs, but the cost of living keeps going up. So I feel like I need a higher paying job and on and on it goes. That can feel really really tricky yep let me skip down to this one i've never liked these but i know a lot of people as they get older they stop liking them roller coasters the oh. more i see how little uh people care about their jobs the more <laughs> i question how well put together those things are especially at fairs <laughs> and carnivals what i would also say is i've always been this way but i know like for my wife and some other people i know as you get older you just get dizzier like these, like so, you can't do these kinds of things. Yeah. Some people can, but yeah. I, man, if I spin around one time now, I get dizzy. Carrie used to love roller coasters and now she's like, I can't really do that much anymore. This to me is one of the saddest things about adulthood because I love, love roller coasters, but I cannot ride a roller coaster without an anti-nausea med anymore. And I there will get a go. prescription anti-nausea med just to take with me to Disney so I can enjoy the rides. But yes, this happens. And I I like lament this about adulthood. This is not fair that adulthood just think is about, taking our amusement park fun from us. Think about what you just said. You said, as I got older, to have the fun I want to have... I need to take anti-nausea <laughs> medicine. <laughs> it's so sad. It's so sad, but it's so true. All right. Well, those are some things people are sharing that they have enjoyed less and less as they've gotten older. If you have any of those uh, items in the same category, let us know on our social media at Common Good Talk. Hopefully that put a smile on your face or made you depressed. I don't know. On this Monday evening, Brian and I will be back again tomorrow on Election Day. We'll be here from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Comic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.